0: what's up everybody welcome to the show today on the show we have an awesome guy one of my close friends that I go riding with pretty often uh, and just so happens to be a great guy to get to know um, today's episode is brought to you by the great infinite off-road InfiniteOffroad.com. Um, they actually are offering a special 10% off the entire website with coupon code rocks r-o-c-k-s we'll get you 10% off the entire website uh, personally I know Mike really well. The customer service that he offers is just fantastic. Um, he's a great guy. He's got a ton of different things on his site. Everything from wheels and tires for UTVs, suspension components, seats, lights, wiring harnesses, um, everything you can think of he has on the, on the list. But most importantly, he is most well known for his um rock kits. Those rock kits are excellent. They are the brightest, widest patterns. Smash all the other competitors in, uh, in light output. But really cool thing about it is he's got a 25 year you break it, they replace it warranty on all infinite off-road products. Um, I really highly recommend you guys go give them a look. Um, something I was actually looking at is on the site also. Uh, they have rigid lights to build a chase bar which is super cool and um, they've got everything on there. If you have a need for your razor, they have the part to fix it. Um, or they can probably get you the part to fix it. Everything from axles to tires, wheels, and especially lighting is their thing. And don't forget you to get 10% off with the code rocks, R O C K S. And also, uh, we want to always spotlight our contest. We have going on until the end of the Southern rock racing series. Um, we're continuously gathering up shirts, hats, stickers from various sponsors of the show. Um, I've thrown in a 1000 XP drivetrain belt, um, it's going to be great. So to do that, find that. It's on our Facebook, Instagram. Just go in, type in your email and your first name, and you're entered. Another way to get points into that entry uh, or into that contest is to share all of our Facebook posts. If you see a Facebook post, share it, and that's another entry into the list. At the end of the season, I'm going to go back and look at all of the shares on the post, and uh, that'll give you another entry. And like I said, at the end of the season, we're going to grab it. Today on the show, we have Chris West. Chris West is the owner and current operator of Shake and Bake Powder Coating. He is based out of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Um, Chris is a really unique guy because he's got, a, first off, a really unique sponsorship with a current uh, Middle Tennessee Polaris dealer. Um, he races in Pro Rock. He builds, in my opinion, the toughest cages in the world. Recently there's been a viral video of uh, his, his razor actually going down um, a, a huge tumble. I mean, probably the most violent UTV wreck I've ever seen in my entire life. And it comes out with just a broken front bumper, and the actual cage itself is fine. But most importantly, the 15 year old girl that was inside the cage survived, not even damage to her. She's fine. I talked to her um, actually recently on Facebook, and she's doing great, and she's lucky that that cage was there. Um, But without spoiling too much, it's going to be a great episode. We talked to a great guy, a guy I personally really admire. And uh, let's just get right into it. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris West.
1: Get a drink and gather around. Let's talk drivers. Let's talk rigs. Let's talk skill. You've got the best of the best in the off-road racing world. Have a seat at the table with us and let's talk about racing on the rocks.
0: All right, Chris, how you doing? I'm doing good. Good, man, good. Um, I'm in the Shake and Bake Laboratory where all the magic happens. Hmm. And... Uh, I'm sitting down with Chris West and I'm really excited about it. Chris and I have known each other for a little while now and um, gotten a chance to see uh, his riding style, his rigs for some time, some of the rigs he's had over time, and I'm really excited to talk to him today. Um, but before we get into all that, Chris, tell me about yourself. Who are you outside of riding?
1: Um, well, outside of riding, I, I, not really a whole lot. It pretty much, <laughs> my life revolves around being in the woods at, at some way, somehow. The only relief I get from being in the woods is, is getting out on the lake and spending some time on the boat with the family and stuff. and You know, um, a lot of friends. Uh, but other than that, you know, my life revolves around some sort of off-roading, whether it's building cages or powder coating or... You know, down to putting a wheel bearing in somebody's razor for
0: them, which I've done for you
1: several times. Several times, and I've <laughs> dropped
0: off some really bad wheel bearings. I know, trust me. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, so, what kind of boat do you have? I know you are big into the lake season, into the boat stuff.
1: Well, I, I bought a new boat last year. I bought a uh, Axis, which is made by Malibu. Um, you know, just just something to to be able to find a little relief and. Uh, I got it at the end of last year, so I'm I'm looking
0: forward to enjoying it some this summer. Well, good, good, good. It's a sharp boat. I've seen pictures of it on Instagram. It looks awesome. Um, so, how did you how did you get started in the off road world? Where where did that first bug start for you?
1: Man, I, I had a friend of mine named Derek. He uh, he had a, a blazer back when I you know fresh out of high school, oh, yeah. and. Uh, man it, it was just a k5 blazer nothing really special to it at all and man we beat that thing you know we we got out and jumping little hills trying to uh you know jump over little pine trees and whatnot <laughs> man we'd chase rabbits through the woods bouncing off trees and yeah. you know it, it kind of start there and then you know evolution of the sport is is you know gone from there it's everything gets bigger everything gets better and you know in order to to keep up
0: you you have to grow with the sport so. yeah that's a fact so uh... what year was it when you got started like roughly you know because i want people to get an an understanding of you know, side-by-sides weren't around yet you know, four-wheelers were still coming into their own, uh, or was it primarily four-wheelers or full-size rigs? How well, was it like? I got started
1: in, in this craziness, actually, when I was five years old. <laughs> oh, um, gosh. My parents bought me a Z50, uh, for Christmas, and they gave it to me the day before Christmas Eve. There you go. And, uh, of course, my riding style, like you talked about, is, is, is a little different. So, <laughs> I'd had it all of, about 12 hours. Yeah. And, uh, there was, a, there was an embankment out, out by my house, and I was five, mm-hmm. barely could ride a bicycle, much less a motorcycle, and
0: yeah.
1: you know I decided I'm going to jump this embankment, and uh, I did, and I, I jumped it probably way better than I should have, and I went face first into a tree with no helmet, and Christmas Eve was spent me and my family in the hospital <laughs> getting my upper lip <laughs> stitched back on, so... That, that's where it started for me and pretty much all my life i've either had a four-wheeler or a motorcycle or, or or something to get out and enjoy the woods so one thing
0: i always try to talk about on the podcast is is the mentality of the driver because um, a lot of these hills and stuff that people go watch you climb the first thing to say is these people are crazy when you had that wreck when you were five one of the most important things you can do, especially as, as a kid, uh, riding that first wreck you have, you got to get back on
1: immediately. Yeah, getting back on was the thing. As my mom was was done with this motorcycle, okay. I believe it, it. It, it was complete. <laughs> I believe it. I'd be done too. But my dad, being you know who he is, you know supporting me in whatever I wanted to do. Um, Christmas Day, I was riding around in the garage in circles with the door closed with a painter's mask on (laughs) so the dust that I was stirring up didn't get in my stitches oh gosh um so my mom didn't see me riding yeah so um I've I've had a lot of support from my family my my mom and dad are probably two of the greatest people in the world um they've always stood behind me in any ignorant stuff I want to do yeah you know my mom goes through telling me every time I go to a race or go on a ride or whatever she wants to know when i leave and she wants to know when i get home and she says that gives her the ability to to sleep i was about to say that once, once a so. mother's
0: peace of mind oh yeah oh yeah so. I, uh, I don't think that ever ever will go away so that's 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 a good thing right so you uh, you had the you had the four wheeler. Um, well, where to go next for you? I mean, you mentioned after high school, but you started young. Did you keep riding when you were young? Well, actually, what I did is I rode uh,
1: the entire time I was young. A- anything I could get into, I was into. You know, I've. I've me and me and a lot of my friends used to ride, you know, and then you get to a point where you know girls come into play, and you know Most boys are thing <laughs> in the world correct, <laughs> right, right. so you know little boys' <laughs> lives changed, so yeah. I went through a period there where you know I wasn't interested or you know didn't you know the financial ability to own yeah. one wasn't there you yeah. know um so yeah it 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 went through its ups and downs, and you know it still does you know I, I still Terrorize myself with the amount of money. I spend to to be in this sport sure. of is it worth it? Yeah. And it, it you don't have the ability to pull yourself away from it. Yeah, um, you know It's it's the adrenaline rush the The people that you're around um, I went into the drag racing thing for a while and I spent Thousands upon thousands of dollars on a car, you know that I bought when I was 16 I still yeah. have the car so yeah. you know, but the camaraderie um, in the off-road world, is is second to none. Um, you know, most of the time, I, I've been the nobody that nobody knew my name, and I've had the Brian Cole at uh, Coleworks um, help me fix my Jeep and took time out of his riding day to help me repair my Jeep. Um, one time when we was uh, on Cable Hill, yeah, which wow. I probably didn't have Woo! no business on Cable
0: Hill. <laughs> a jeep on Cable Hill but, don't have any business being there.
1: Regardless. Yeah, it, it it was a wild day, but you know he took time out of his day to help me. And you know, the, when being in the drag racing world, everybody seemed to be against each other. You yeah. know, it was always talk bad about this person or talk yeah. bad about that person. You know, and and in the off-road world, you know, I, I like to see everybody succeed. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, I want them to do it slower than me, but most of the time, it's it's not that situation. They're yeah. always faster than me, and I'm Man. I'm chasing them because my eyes are closed most of the time. But it's a it's a different world. You know, everybody's supportive, um, tries to you know the best they can to to help everybody out, and yeah. and do the best they can to to enjoy the day. And it's been that way. And the racing, and the riding—you know, just just the fun, fun part of being in the woods.
0: So that's one thing that I always want to spotlight on the podcast. Is it really is it? It is unlike anything I've ever been in. I'm in a couple different communities as far as um, my my job as a software engineer. We hang out with a bunch of nerds. Uh, I go to the gym and hang out with a bunch of gym bros. And I've never found anywhere where someone you don't know is willing to help you like the off-road community. Um, How I met Chris was. I had a 900 XP, and I was out riding one day, and my check engine light came on. I had no idea what was wrong, and uh, I took it to a store, and they were like, hey, your front diff is blown. You know, it'll be like $6,000 to get a new front diff and get it put in, and I about lost my mind, and reached out to a few friends, and someone mentioned Chris to me, and never knowing the guy, never meeting the guy, I I called him one day and said, hey, so-and-so told me uh, you, you might be able to help me out, and he said, Yeah, just bring your unit over and we'll look at it. And uh, you know, here's here's what a part cost on eBay. And you know, it's he was very straightforward. Dropped it off. Had a couple conversations with him. Really nice guy. And uh, before I know it, you know, my machine was turned around and ready to get. It was totally fixed. And uh, (laughs) I made a huge connect uh, in in the off road world that was super um, super beneficial. It's 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 just been like we've been friends since day one. There have been times I've come running out of the woods randomly. Just been like. Oh, hey, Chris, I didn't know you were here, and uh, it's it's just, it's been great, and I've never found that anywhere else, and um, I think, especially with you, I think anyone that knows you, and probably half the people that don't know you, would testify that you, particularly, are always willing to help. Um, I think that that's, that's, you know, hearing you talk about someone helping you, it's very easy for me to go, well, that's how you are now, because... Anytime somebody's flipped over, broken down on the trail that I've been with you, you're the first person under there trying to fix it. You're the first person trying to get them out get them safe. Uh, and, again, me and my crappy wheel bearings, you know, I've <laughs> I've texted Chris and been like, hey, i got a I got a favor to ask of you. And, you know, a day later I get a text that, yeah, I had to weld something in, bang it out, and it took me, you know, forever long, and I was just like, ah, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I'm just sorry. Yeah. I didn't know, and, uh. You know, it's never much more than that. It's never much more than a hard time. So, um, I want to commend you for that because that's something you don't find everywhere. And um, even if it's an idea in a community, it's it's you know, I would say that you're a, a shining light in that area. So, well, I I don't
1: know. I mean, it's it really not a commitment to me. It's you know, it's a commitment to all the other people that help me true. because a hundred percent, I wouldn't have the knowledge that I have now without other people yeah um you know i i've sat down and and you know with things broken just like you talk about your front diff Mm -hmm. you know the the way i learned about a front diff is you know somebody taught me Mm -hmm. you know um i've sat down with friends or you know other people and and watched and you know seen what does what and how and Mm -hmm. and you know people helping me you know so i mean i i feel a responsibility to kind of pay it forward and You know, try to help, you know, anybody that I can that's willing to learn and and, and willing to do. Yeah. Um, You know, I'm willing to help or Mm -hmm. or share information with. You know, I've I've had friends a hundred times tell me that I should charge for telephone calls. Sure. Because I I spend a lot of time, you know, on telephone calls just trying to diagnose problems or or help somebody, you know, the best I can on a telephone. So, you know, it's – I've never – Found people not willing to help me, mm-hmm. so I can't feel like I, I shouldn't be willing to help people. Um, and and a lot of times, to be honest, you know, questions that people have, I don't always have the answers for. And yeah. it's the other people that have helped me mm-hmm. that help me help them. Yeah. So yeah. you know, it, it, it's a it's a chain of events that always you know rolls downhill. And you know, if I was close minded and, and didn't help other people. You know,
0: there's there's a lot of other people that wouldn't yeah. help me. Yeah. So I understand that, and and I you know it's funny. I just as you were talking, I remembered a story. I had a buddy of mine who uh, fell in a mud hole at West Point, broke both his tie rods and two front axles at the same time. And uh, first thing I did was, hey, uh, he was looking for parts, and I knew you had just upgraded to something. I said, why don't you call Chris? I bet he's got some extra parts laying around. Sure enough, I, I could talked to him the next day. He's like, "Yeah, I met up with him, came, got some parts, and super nice guy." He's like, "He's like, I walk up and it's like I've known the guy for five years." So it was it was awesome to hear that, and uh, it's good to know that that kindness doesn't just extend to the people around you. Someone who would never met you, you know, walked up and was just
1: like a friend. Yeah, I mean, you, you try your best. I mean, there, and there's a lot of people that's done that for me. And like I said, in the off-roading community, you don't really have to set on a defense, yeah, you know. Yeah, very much so. In a lot of other sports, you've got to kind of set on your defense, you know. Somebody's trying to get over on you or, or you know, do something manipulative for some other game. Yeah. You know, it's not really that way in the off-roading world. And, yeah. you know, that's why I'm comfortable there. It's something that I can go do and, and relax and enjoy without, you know, all of the the drama, the... You know Yes,
0: I'd understand completely.
1: I, I'm the first one to put pretty much anyone in my rig to, to try something. You know, I've, yeah. I've I've had from from just friends driving my rig to, to kids. Yeah. Um I've had my friends children, you know, drive my razors in races yeah. and you know, I mean it's I've I've pretty much turned anybody loose and, you yeah. know, anything I got to yeah. To try
0: to help people get into the sport and enjoy it so that's a big that's something big too I wanted to highlight is uh, I went riding with you a couple weeks ago and and you've got a couple units you've got you've got a you know a, a, a big turbo s a regular turbo and an rs one kind of got the full spectrum and you had all three units out there and you know you can only drive one at a time and uh, I know one of the guys you were with uh, you know he was just seeing if he would like a razor would feel better and feel comfortable in it. And, and I thought that that was just the most cool thing ever. And, you know, we were sitting at the bottom of a hill, and you were like, you know, do you want to, you want to try and take it up there? And and first thing you did was offer, offer your razor. <laughs> it's just like, uh, you know, even even in someone else's rig, I'm not 100% about it, but just the willingness to uh, give the opportunity. Um, because I think you're exactly right. Getting more people into the sport is, is a hard thing in our sport because the, the entry fee, is very hard. It's very tough. It's very steep. Um, buying a unit is expensive, and you know, unless you go and sit and drive in one or go ride with somebody, you really don't get the the idea, the full experience. So, um, again, another 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 admiration is just that. Uh, you're helping people get into the sport and really giving them a chance to understand what they're getting into before they, you know, go out and purchase a, a new machine or a used machine that's a big investment. Right. So, Well, Sloan's
1: gives me the ability to do that. Um, you know, they, they are sponsoring, you know, helping me and helping the public. Um, you know, they gave me this Turbo S to, to use um, for that exact thing, mm-hmm. to to let people ride, let people try and demo and, yeah. you know, enjoy the... the the sport and feel like they you know want to buy the same guy that I let drive up that hill actually his turbo s that was this sitting over there um he was actually the first one to drive the the one that Sloan's you know really gave me to to use and uh two days later he went down and and, you know purchased him a machine because you know it, it was hard for him to pull the trigger on on that amount of money yeah Without realizing what the sport is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and getting in the woods and, and getting out there with people and, and seeing the the smile on people's face and, the you know, the joy of doing something that you just, you can't fathom how you just did it. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how many times I've looked at something. You know, a, a pro rock race at um, Adventure Off-Road. Mm-hmm. Um, we walked Ooh, the course on yeah. a rainy day. Man. Um, to be honest, I, I stood there on that course and was like, "There's no way I can do this." Yeah. Um, and I ended up uh, one of five, I think, that actually topped the hill. You were the only full body too. I was the only full body that that climbed the hill.
0: So that's and, that's something huge too. Is is you race a full body? A you know, I mean, it's not a stock machine by any by any standards, but you get out there and you hammer down and you're successful in in what is essentially a stock chassis, you're not in a buggy, uh, that's amazing. That's just really cool. <laughs> well, I, I've been on the fence many,
1: many times about buying a buggy or yeah. building a buggy. You know, I, I've talked to several, you know, people around that, that build buggies, mm-hmm. um, you know, about doing doing a chassis. And, you know, every time I get on the, the building a chassis, it, it just seems so much cooler to do it in a full body. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, is that going to bite me in the butt one day? <laughs> I, I about guarantee it. You know, could I probably yeah. finish a little better in some of these races in a little longer unit yeah. climbing these hills? Yeah, I would probably guarantee it. But you know, at the end of the day, uh, I enjoy riding. Yeah. Um, I could really care less if I win or not. Yeah. Um, you know, I I felt better about this last pro rock race at uh uh Dirty in Turtle? Kentucky at yeah. Dirty Turtle. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt better about climbing the hill. Then I could care less where I finished. Um, that just hill, just man. getting to the top of that hill that was
0: hill's crazy. was something <laughs> in a full body. So yeah. I, I will have
1: to tell you I was very very nervous. Um, I really had to do some psyching
0: myself up. What do the... you do to psych yourself up? Like I, I, I it's, if I'm sitting at the bottom of that hill, or you know, I've seen you climb hills that I won't climb that com, that don't come close to that hill, Dirty Turtle. And I know if you have to psych yourself up. It's probably something probably something you should take an airplane up, you know. Well, you know,
1: you hear a lot of
0: people of,
1: you know, a lot of us drivers do the stuff for the fame. Yeah. You know, we do it for somebody to cheer for us or somebody sure. to to think we're somebody. And I can't speak for every driver, but I can speak for me. Whether I climb that hill in front of one person or 1000 people, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. If I look at that hill and I think I can do it, I want to prove it to myself, Yeah, you know, and and I've climbed a lot of stuff, you know, that wasn't for racing, it mm-hmm. wasn't for for any type of money, and one of the biggest things was is these nuts at Iron Gap, yeah. you know, I was the first racer ever climbed it, I was told it was impossible yeah. to be climbed in a side-by-side. Now, I did flip completely back to the creek <laughs> the very first time I tried. Yeah. But um, I ended up climbing it, and then uh, about two years later, you know, I was down there, and several people were climbing it. So I, I piped off, you know, maybe I can climb it backwards, and and I got a few you wants, and you know, it kind of planted the seed in my head, yeah. and so I did. I ended up ended up climbing it backwards, and you know, that's been over a lot of forums. I've been tagged in it, yeah. You know, over however many years it's been, it's I think two years or something since wow. I did it. And Still, you know, I saw I st- that video pop up this year. Yeah, like, yeah, it again. wasn't that's long true. ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it wasn't long ago And yeah, you know the thing about it was is like that that hill is is pretty dramatic Yeah, but if people seen the hills that these guys are climbing in the pro rock, you know, it, yeah. it's it's really not Yeah, you know, it, it's really not that significant of a hill um, But for your average person, you know, that's out wheeling, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a terrible terrible heel. <laughs> yeah, but the the biggest thing is you know being safe you know yeah. I mean and and we are fortunate in this sport that we don't have any more injuries than we do. I agree. Um, I very much agree with that. With with a lot of what's going on, a lot of in this sport you hear of that's injuries. It's just people simply not putting on their seatbelt. And and Mindful. I can't I can't preach that enough. Yeah. That you know a, a stock cage. It doesn't really matter. A built cage doesn't really matter. You could be in a concrete bubble. Mm-hmm. If you don't have your seat belt on, it doesn't matter what's surrounding you. I 100% agree. So, um, you won't ever really catch me in the woods. Uh, I'm not going to say really. I'm going to say you won't ever catch me in the woods that I don't have a lap belt on. Yep. And I may ride normal with the shoulder harnesses loose,
0: but I always got a seat belt on. Yep, yep, yep. So that is uh, again you know if, if you're if you've been listening to the podcast for any time I think I bring it up every single episode just wear your seatbelt I mean you know Polaris has done everything it's can to make it where your machine can't go for over 10 miles an hour 15 miles an hour without your seatbelt clicked in but I mean I always have people tell me it's not comfortable it's not this or that and, and I think you before we were recording we started talking a little bit and you said it's a difference between a helicopter ride home and going home and talking a little crap with your buddies in the truck on the way back. I mean, there's nothing better than than taking a good roll. You know, I get
1: people that tell me all the time, well, you flip your razor all the time. No, I don't. Yeah. Well, yeah, I kind of (laughs) do, but (laughs) I climb a lot more stuff than I flip, but nobody wants to see the climbs. It's like watching a NASCAR race. Nobody watches somebody go around in circles. They're looking for the wreck. Yeah. So. You know, when I post on social media and stuff, you know, I'll post the crashes or the rollovers or or the extreme climbs. But um, at all times, I have a seatbelt on. I I can't tell you. I couldn't begin to count how many times I've been upside down in a razor, um, how many times I've flipped a razor, um, how many times I've rolled them over and them land back on their wheels and, and try to keep going. Actually, Joey, in a pro rock race, I flipped off the waterfall and my sound bar was flopping all over oh, the place. Was. And, you know, he was sound bars yeah. flopping, but he's not <laughs> stopping. But but the thing of it is, if I didn't have my seatbelt on, there's no way I could do that. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, um, and, and, you know, I, I urge people to, to go with an aftermarket cage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just safety. Um, we all want to have fun. We all want to do things. But
0: ultimately, we all got to go home at the end of the day. So let me ask you this. Uh, the the stock seat belt that comes across your shoulder versus harnesses, you know? Um, the stock
1: seat belt that comes across your, your shoulder, um, it's about like a car, okay? Mm-hmm. You're good for a straight-on front impact. Mm-hmm. Um, the lap belt will hold you if you're upside down. It does nothing if you're side-to-side. Side. Um, the only injury I've sustained in a razor uh, is I broke my collarbone because a, a stock seatbelt did not hold me in a side crash. Okay, I flipped sideways. It allowed me to sa- slide in the seat, my shoulder to land on the ground.
0: Ooh,
1: broke my left collarbone. Ooh, man. So, um,
0: so aftermarket harnesses a, a, a pretty <clears throat> big must.
1: Well, I mean, they're they're. Very small money. Uh, I mean, you're you're, you're talking about a hundred bucks. Yep. you know, you you could pitch a hundred bucks. You know, at at the Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, you T- know, T- so, at dinner. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah. it, it's it's really not that significant amount of money, but it's fifty thousand dollars. To yep. turn the blade on a life flight helicopter Woo! immediately. It's fifty thousand dollars. Just to start it. That's not even for you to ride. Yeah. That's just to start it. You know, so I mean you're talking about a hundred dollars fifty grand. You know, that's that's life changing not only in the injury, but it's it's substantial financial trau- trauma trauma after after yeah. the, the accident. Yeah. You know, it can really ruin someone's life. Absolutely. You know, completely in and, and more ways than just the injury. You know, you might heal from the injury and everything be fine, but you know the the financial portion of that could could ruin your entire family for for a day out. You yeah. know, having fun. Yeah, I know? yeah, very much so. so.
0: Well, I'm I'm glad you I'm glad we took some time and talked about that because again, I like the I like to heart harp on it just real hard. Um, but before we get into the current rigs you've got now, because I do want to kind of break them down and I want to break down your race at Dirty Turtle. Um, <coughs> You, you were in the, uh, the K-5 uh, a little bit after high school. Where did it go next? What, what was your first rig where you really got into the woods and started having fun?
1: Uh, well, you know, I, I've had fun with them all, but I've had 300 EXs. I've had 400 EXs. You know, uh, I went to the YFC 450s. I've, I've kind of grown yeah. as the, the sport has grown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when the first Razor came out, the 800, you know, it wasn't even an S. Yeah. Um, you know, I had one of those, and uh, the original
0: S kit just widened it a little bit, right?
1: Right. Uh, it, it gave it a more suspension travel. Okay. Um, you know, I, I had a friend of mine that went and bought a uh, uh, one of the new 800s. At the time, was a was a new 800. He's mm-hmm. got, you know, uh, uh, he's upgraded since then. Yeah. But. I managed to roll his razor over within five <laughs> minutes of him owning it in the, in my backyard. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> at that point, it was like, yeah, you know, we're going to have to do this. But yeah. it, it, it started and progressed and, you know, 800, went to an 800S. You know, that turned into, um, I got a single-seater buggy um which still runs today um zach davis has it now okay um it is um what's the name the monster it? buggy yeah. the green monster yeah. um i do believe it was the first single seater chassis ever produced um and um
0: who the, built that for you was it Holland, Holland, right Uh
1: hollandsworth built it for another guy okay um in Kentucky, and I bought it from him. Okay, um, brought it home, done some changes. I've done the exact same diff swap I did for you in it. Good, <laughs> um, cut it all out, went to a yeah. 1,000 diff because yeah. that was the biggest problem they were having with it.
0: Yeah,
1: but ultimately to the day, um, I've never set in a rig that is more capable um, than the monster buggy. Than wow. the monster buggy, um, it it is very capable to do anything you want to do. Um, it climbed a bounty hill at AOP before anybody else did. Wow. You know, and, and we're talking about a, a a
0: buggy that's been in the sport a long, long time. So let me ask you this. What what made it so good? Was it the <clears throat> fact, because, you know, you go and look at it, it's changed over time, but, um, you know, the original design of it, it's kind of got smaller shocks, it looks like. Uh, it seems like it's got a little less travel in it, maybe. Um, the design of it isn't quite as, how do I want to say it, um, I'll just use the term like "sexy" as the ones that you see nowadays. Um, it looks more functional. Is, well, is that why it works so good? No, I wouldn't say more functional. It, it
1: was built off of a 900 XP mm-hmm. um, base because at the time that's all we had to, yeah. all they had to build off of. So that it's got 900 XP shocks, which you know shocks have gone leaps and bounds in, in the past few years. Amazing. You know, it, it's it's it. I mean, you're talking about the Turbo S's now that you turn the key on, and it adjusts to how fat I am. So, you know, it's it's. Uh, oh, a... Um, so, I mean, shocks have come, you know, a, a, a tremendous, you know, step in, in the game. Yeah. Um But at the time, it, it was all that was available. Mm-hmm. Um You know, it was built off of a
0: stock Razor base. So um, the actual chassis itself, like the lower frame portion, is the actual Razor frame portion. It is, it is,
1: and and that keeps every bit of the geometry that is in that, that the razor research and and razor does a lot of research to to find their geometry they for a good job for all situations yes, and sir. and when you don't follow that same geometry uh it it causes things not to do what they're supposed to do and i've done a lot of research and and you know i've i've drove some other buggies that people have built mm-hmm. and i've had some that would not go um yeah just they they their capabilities not there. They don't absorb what's what's coming at you. And um, I would imagine steering would be a huge thing
0: in buggies, where they don't get the steering. Now I, I've heard steer. that a
1: lot. Um, I, I've not really uh, I've not really dealt with that much. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was doing all the buggies and stuff, you know, I was fun riding. You know, I wasn't racing across. Yeah. You know, uh, coming across the field, hitting all these bumps real fast. You sure. know, I hear a lot of guys talking about bump steer. And, yeah. You know things like that. I've not experienced that, so okay. I can't really speak on it. Okay. But um, you know, there is a lot of research that goes into them, and you can't really just slap one together. That's true. Um, you know, I've I've run into that on on my my rig myself. You know, it's better to spend the money one time. You know, and and go as big as you possibly can. Yeah to keep from doing it multiple times over that's and over. That's a, that's a, that's a, we
0: could just end the podcast right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could learn that, whoever's listening, if you could learn that, uh, you'd probably be better off because uh, we all love to spend money a hundred times. I know it.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, everybody wants to do it as cheap as possible.
0: Mm-hmm. But ultimately, if you look at
1: how things progress, mm-hmm. you know, in life, you know it's it's never a status quo you know if this axle is is great now Mm -hmm. the next axle you're going to do you're going to push even further so no matter what your parts that you have in your rig you're going to push them to that limit yes you know you're always going to find that next weak link that next you know next thing that you have to upgrade um when you said it's a substantial amount of money to buy a razor a while Mm -hmm. ago You know, I kind of thought here in my
0: head, I was like, that's the cheapest part of it is to buy the razor, (laughs) you know. And and that's the part you kind of got to hide to people when they're buying razors. You got to be like, look, man, the most expensive part is the fact that you're just going to buy one. After that, smooth sailing, they buy one. All right, well, here's here's what you really need. (laughs) Yeah,
1: so, yeah, I mean, that's, it it is, it is definitely, I've got more money in parts Mm -hmm. and accessories on my orange razor than the razor cost. Yeah. So, um, it's definitely something that, but it's the way I will, too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and sure. and when I deal with people, like when I talk to you, you know, I try to fill out what they do and how yeah, they like to much. ride.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I don't want anybody to, to jump outside of their, you know, their, I'm not going to say abilities, but their sure. want. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you don't want to do what I do, then you don't need to own, you know, a $750 a piece axle. Yeah, I You agree. know, I mean, you, you can get by with, with stock and break every now and then and yep. you know have a five minute side of the trail fix. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you try to fill out people on, you know, what they're doing to to what parts they need. Um it, it, it's it's an expensive sport. Um it was even more expensive when I got into the buggies. Yeah. Um I got out of that because I just I couldn't afford to do it. Yeah. Um I had a uh tube chassis full tube chassis buggy. Um, had a built six liter with a pro charger, um, front and rear steer, uh, Rockwells. Ooh, heavy uh, boys. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. But <laughs> I mean, I went with Overson axles and the yeah. Rockwells, and it didn't matter what kind of torture you could you could feed that thing, it, it would take it, Man. Um, and and never flinch. But it was the you know six hundred and fifty seven hundred dollars for a tire, you know, and you cut down the side of a yeah. tire and you know it's thousands of dollars that you're spending which i look at it and razors yeah. not a whole lot better but it's a little better it's a <laughs> little better we can we can we can say that
0: cuz that's one thing i i came from jeeps and had had aspirations to build buggies and once i started to realize you know razor parts are cheaper razor wheels and tires are cheaper there's a little bit more flexibility and things like that uh you know i don't know The the whole go-faster razors is really what got me from full-size to razors. I just wanted to go faster. And to see that the razor was just kind of, you know, I'm going to use this term lightly, but be cheaper all the way around, um, that was one of the major points that kind of pulled me into razors. Um, We do have a lot of full-size guys that listen to this because we do interview the bouncer guys. Um, Like Tim Sorensen said in one of the previous podcasts, you know, you go out there and blow a tire and maybe even bend a wheel, and that's a thousand, twelve hundred bucks right there. Uh, I'll be honest; I don't understand how how the guys do it because, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know what these guys are doing for work. But every single weekend, they're out there and they're out there killing it and they're out there putting everything on the line. So, um, as a spectator, I love it. I support it. Keep doing it. Um, but you know, I'm 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 just glad that you guys are, are choosing to do that. And you know, especially. Even the u t v guys it's not that much cheaper, Chris is really right, especially when you get into the high end parts um, that upfront cost of buying you know the the radius rods the suspend the full suspension that's you know over a thousand dollars it it really does add up, but you know hopefully you buy it once in that rare case where you don't have to buy it once um it is huge, it is a big deal um so not to gloss over the u t v guys at all, but um you had the monster buggy you know. It it was built just because it was kind of built for the times. Uh, Now that buggy actually has a turbo in it right now too. He he did. It's it's living on and it's living
1: powerful too. Mm -hmm. He he actually swapped it to a one thousand motor, rode it for a while, and then Mm -hmm. swapped it to a turbo. So you know, and and you can talk to Zach and he'll tell you the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know that there's nothing that goes like it does. It it just I'm not gonna say nothing, but but it's a very comfortable feel. even when you're in a bad situation, I used to tell people when when you feel like you're in a bad situation in that rig, you're upside down. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's there's no in betweens. Yeah, and you know I, I'm kind of that feel in my RS1 that I got now. You know it's it's um, it, it's one of those it keeps going until you're you're upside down. You so know? I I
0: have really strong feelings for the RS1. We'll get into it a little bit more, but I want one. I want one real bad, and uh, I actually went to Sloan's last week, and they've got one. They've got a used one out there, and uh, I've been talking to my fiance. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I think we've we've struck a deal. She's going to get another dog, and I'm going to get an RS one. So. Nice, nice, <laughs> good trade. So yeah, trade. It's, you know it could be a lot worse. So. Good trade. Uh, we're going we're going to look at it. But uh, moving on, you had the monster buggy. Um, what'd you move to after that? Because you've had a couple machines here in the, uh, in the past couple years.
1: The mon- the monster buggy. I moved into. Um, uh, let's see. Let me think of how this went. I've had so many. Mm-hmm. Um, the monster buggy was after the full size buggy. Um, with, mm-hmm. with the monster buggy, uh, you know, I had an 800s that we rode. Um, then I decided that I wanted to try the 1000s when the 1000s first came out. Yep. So, um, I went down to Sloan's and you know, talked to my, my friend Matt at Sloan's, and you know, he, he worked me out the best deal he possibly could, uh, matching. The cheapest rounds prices, yeah, on on a 1000 XP, and you know, put me in one of those, and um, I I couldn't stand to to beat it up because it was so nice. Yeah, I understand. I ended up buying another 1000 XP, uh, which is the one that I backflipped off of of these nuts, and it was already it already been crashed. One of my buddies, Brandon, just kind of (laughs) thrashed it, so you know, it it wasn't no problem for me to thrash it a little more, and. So I moved on to it. Um from there, um, the turbo come out, um, and again I went back down to Sloan's and, and bought my orange, you know, turbo that I do have now. Um and uh got rid of the other XP and mm-hmm. um I, I got another turbo one thousand just to ride. Mm-hmm. Um and then the orange one is, you know, progressively it, it was amazing when I bought it. Yeah. Clean, you know, brand new razor and i'm not sure if you was with me or not when we went to uh woolies and i backed it into the tree i wasn't with
0: you that day but i saw it on social media and it's funny i think you got it like you got it like on a thursday and then saturday i see the whole rear fender yeah saturday
1: i i I had no business over there and (laughs) you know as another one of them you know planted a seed in my head and i thought i could do it and i probably could have i went at it a little a little bit Light and mm-hmm. probably should have just went on and went and yeah. it'd probably been fine, but it raised up. I went for reverse to keep from rolling off of a big hill and mm-hmm. and ended up backing it into a tree and busting the entire bed off of it. And yeah. at that point, it's it's fix it or not, and yeah. I, I'm not going to fix it. Yeah, so you know that was that was one of the first razors that had a bobbed bed yeah, on it. That's um, true. That's very
0: true. And and it wasn't bobbed because I wanted to. Uh, now that's something I see all the time that I don't really understand is, is guys, you know, I do a lot of riding out at Winrock, so mm-hmm. I need lights I need things like that, especially I need a bed to carry some equipment, mm-hmm. is guys who will go out and just chop the bed off just for the look. I mean, I get it. It's a look. I yeah. get it. Yeah. <laughs> but but also you're, you're losing your bed, you're losing your lights, you kind of lose that opportunity. Unless you want to, you know, put more money into the fact that you cut your razor up. Um, I don't know. I, I, you know, I had a talk with Zach Davis, actually. He said, you would have had that hill if you just backed up a little bit and hammered it. And I was like, listen, backing up involved me running my taillights into a tree, and I'm not not ready to let go of my bed yet. Yeah. And uh, that's that's something, I mean, what what are your thoughts on, on people just cutting stuff up, just to cut it up? Well, it's it's each their own. Sure. You know, it, sure.
1: It, what I like and what you like is two totally different things. Yeah, and if you, you lay a hundred people out... You know, I get that in the cage industry. I get that in the powder coating industry. You know, everybody wants me to give them a cage suggestion or give sure. them a powder coat suggestion. But you really can't because I will look at some things and somebody, you know, some people do, and I'm like, absolutely no way I would yeah. do that. <laughs> but then you turn around and those same people will look at things that I do all the time, yeah. you know, and and be like, what in the world is he doing? Yeah. You know, and I... And i kind of seen that through my dad. My dad's pretty, uh, he's got a lot of wisdom. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't hear everything he says, you know, like everybody else. Naturally, and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but a lot of things that he's told me over the years, I've kind of listened. And, you know, he's like, what I like and what you like is two different things. You know, you do what you like and what you want. And, you know, don't don't judge me because what I want. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, very much so. I think my good. dad bought a, a Nomad one time and I asked him why he bought that bus. You know, I'd like to have about 15 of those buses yeah, nowadays, yeah, absolutely. you know, so, but it, you, you never know what, what somebody's somebody's got going on. A lot of people made fun of me for chopping off my bed. Mm-hmm. You know, why did you do that? You know, mm-hmm. I got the same response like, you know, yeah. you lost all your storage, blah, blah, blah. Well, I lost it on a tree. Yeah, that's You know, true. Uh, and there's going to be many more trees and have been many more trees that orange one has seen. Yes, so, it has. <laughs> if, if I would have went through and spent, you know, a grand to put that back together you know i would have spent that grand 15 times now yeah. to put it back like it was yeah so you know you you never you never know what somebody's doing or what their mindset is so i try not to Try not to form an opinion uh, yeah. of what they
0: do or how. Sure, because yeah. you never know what they started with or or how they ended up there. That's true, and and you, I think that that's super critical because you know, essentially, you're a designer. You're kind of an artist with your with your cages and and, and the designs you come up with, and you know, it's I don't want to say this right. Uh, someone who is hired to build something, sometimes it's not their um, it's not their job to tell you that. The way that someone wants, the way that, if I come to you and I say, I want a cage that is a V and looks this way and looks that way. And, you know, again, you may think it's kind of dumb and looks terrible. But that's one thing for you I think is really critical, and I commend you for it again, is if somebody wants something, hey, we may have differing opinions there, but you know what? We'll take care of it, and as long as you're happy and it's exactly what you want, we're both happy. Right. I always have somebody send me three pictures of
1: something you like,
0: yeah.
1: um You know that way I can get an idea, yeah. You know of what they like and, and the style that they want because I'm going to tell you, every person that you deal with is different, yeah. Completely different. um <clears throat> Things that I think are super super cool, you know. Some people who are like, mm, I don't like that, yeah. So you know, and the, and there's some things that I do for safety reasons mm-hmm. that. That people neglect, um, which I, I don't wave on my my safety stuff. Mm-hmm. You know the I don't wave on the size tubing I've used. Um, I've used 120 wall tubing since the the first cage I've built. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I, I'm not saying that it's be- better than anybody else's, but in in my feelings I feel like I, I want to do it out of that. It's heavier, but I feel like you got a better chance of of not getting hurt yeah um, it, it's held up over my head mm-hmm. many 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 times um, you and I were talking about my orange one earlier I yep. sold my orange cage to a guy um, here just a few weeks ago and that orange cage I can't tell you how many times it's been on its top mm-hmm. um, it unbolted bolted right back on another guy's unit he's he's riding it to the day so
0: um, that's wild because if you've never taken a cage off a machine before, you know, I don't advise it if you don't have to. But when your stock cage comes off, when you put a new cage on, you'll learn very quickly that things move, uh, especially after they've been welded. Things may be, you know, just move ever so slightly. Your cage will pop off. Your your holes won't line up. You got to get a ratchet strap. You got to get a screwdriver. You got to sometimes you got to do whatever you can to make some make ends meet there. Um, so to have a cage. Completely slide off, and and not only that, but completely slide back onto a completely different unit. Uh, that's that's unheard of. Straight up, just unheard of. So um, that's that's a huge testament to the design and the structural integrity and things like that. So uh, again, that's super awesome. Um, One thing I want to talk about while we're on the topic of your cages is how do you come up with the designs? Do you just, uh, do you look at it and you just got something in your head or do you go along, you know, as you're going along? How does it work for you? Actually, to be honest,
1: when I start, uh, well, it depends. If I'm starting a customer's cage, um, usually, you know, I've got an idea in mind of where I'm going. Mm -hmm. I don't know really how I'm going to get there, Mm -hmm. but I've got an idea on where I'm going. Um, On my own stuff. (laughs) <laughs> I, the the orange cage speaking yeah. of it yeah um we were getting ready for rbd yep. and um it was three days before rbd and i literally built the orange cage out of bins in my scrap pile man <laughs> um so you know i had no idea what i wanted no idea what i wanted to look like mm-hmm. and i literally built 90 percent of that cage the the hoop was a, a hoop that i didn't like on another unit that had been set to the side it yeah. was too low um I just took and leaned it back a little bit on that unit, uh, put an arch in the roof, you know, because it was too low. So mm-hmm. I had to put an arch in the roof to get good head clearance. And, you know, it's just kind of making things work. And to be honest, that's one of the the cages that everybody have raved over the most was was the cage that was on that orange one. The and, cage from the junk pile. <laughs> yeah, it literally came from the junk pile. That's awesome. Um, it literally came from, and the bars that were in the roof was part of a door bar that, um, you know, if cage builders are listening, they know exactly what I'm talking about. You look at how you want the bend to go and you walk over across the shop to the bender and you bend it totally the opposite. <laughs> uh, it, it's easy yeah. to get turned around in your mind, but that's how the roof bars ended up coming about was, yeah. you know, I, I went through that. and But no, I, I pretty much just, you know, when you start bending and tubing, um each bar will go together like a puzzle, and yeah. you know, I've I've had many people come out here and tell me that it's like me watching me put together a puzzle, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and it really is because I'll hold things up and I'll look at things and and, and test fit things and you know I don't like them and mm-hmm. and most everything that I build is is a one off yeah, um, yeah absolutely you know I don't get into the the cookie cutter stuff you know to where it's you Know the exact same thing in a repetitive mm-hmm. motion. I like the design, I like something different, yeah. I like you know, stressing it.
0: That's that's the only time that I, I have fun building a cage, so yeah. So, what do you think about uh cages with tying in with front bumpers? Because I've seen you, you most of yours have a front bumper that loops into the cage. Um, why would somebody not want one other than the fact that they you know, design they just don't want it? But uh, does it really offer? Good protection. Is it worth keeping that front end protected like that?
1: Well, I tell you what. Um, you know, when you do a front bumper tie-in, everybody looks at a front bumper tie-in as just a front bumper tie-in. Mm-hmm. The the reason I started tying front bumpers in is to protect the radiator. Yeah. Um, you call. know that that was a number one. Um, I get a lot of you know the arches are too big over the hood, but the the best you can you can get it away from the radiator. In my perspective is I can roll back over and try it again yep um, so I mean there's a there's a lot of methods to the madness and a lot of reason the guys do it but obviously on a razor the more you can tie together, the better off you are I agree um, and if you tie the structure to the front of the razor all the way through to the cage all the way to the back you know you're you're creating uh, you know a bubble. Uh, around yourself that that it has to go through a
0: lot of structure mm-hmm. before it gets to you now do you think do you have the same feelings towards you know uh, uh, something going around the rear side because on your orange one it kind of tied you had a bob so it kind of tied back into the frame uh, but a little bit more narrow like is that correct well I don't have anything on
1: the back of my orange one okay um, uh, it, it's just the cage to the back and I don't feel as strongly about that in the back mm-hmm. um and and I I don't do a whole lot of things that I'm not going to hit something to head on. Sure. You know, I'm going to try my best to hit a tree face first, yes. you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> and a, a lot And a lot of my driving style is, is drive to a tree. Yeah. So um, in the rear, I don't think it's a bad thing. Sure. Um, I just couldn't. I sat down and tried to come up with something I liked mm-hmm. back there. Um, of course, it was just going to be from looks. Mm-hmm. Um but I need to put something on back there for people bumping me racing, you know. I had a think um, about that. And, and I only run into that on that machine mm-hmm. at, like, your local fairs and things yeah. like that because I'm not going to survival race it, you know, things like that. I'm pretty yeah. much hill, hill climbing. Mm-hmm. So you don't really have to worry about somebody rear ending you or, yeah. or something like that. So the rear wasn't necessarily as important to me, but for somebody like yourself that mm-hmm. wants to protect those tail lights, yeah. It's it's a must. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean like you was talking about if you backed up and touched that tree, uh, you're going to bust a tail light.
0: Yeah, if you clear. had a
1: rear bumper all tied into the cage, you back up, you bump that tree, you know, you just bump that tree. You yeah. didn't you didn't hurt nothing, you didn't you didn't damage a tail light or a, a bedside or something like that. So, yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, so that kind of leads me in, into uh the next thing is the current rigs you have right now. I want to talk about those cuz uh, you have a 2016 uh, standard turbo. You have a is it a 2018 or 2019 Turbo S? There, there is a 2018 Turbo S. Okay, mm-hmm. so the 2018 Turbo S and the 2018 RS1. So all of them built for different purposes. All of them look different. All of them seemingly they all perform great, um, but they all perform just a little differently as well. They're, they're kind of engineered a little different. Um, I want to start with your orange one since we've been talking about it. Um, the orange 2016 Turbo. Is the one that you use to go hill killing. It's the one that you climb the hills in. Um, what kind of parts do you have to use to make your razor able to go climb the hills that you climb a dirty turtle? Well, you,
1: you've got a lot of different options with parts. You know, you you, you have Turner axles, you have RCV axles. You know, you have RCV drive shaft, Super ATV. You know, uh, ORB. Um, on my orange unit, I have an ORB suspension, uh, sure. full suspension. Um, Justin Pierpoint at ORB builds a very good suspension. Um, out of everything that I've ever done, the the only thing that I've ever had a problem with is is a radius rod. Mm-hmm. And uh, You know, other guys have had issues in bends and whatnot, but you know, I was joking in the shop the other day, I was like, you know, he could give a lifetime warranty if it never tears up, he never has to honor it. That's I, it, so, yeah, exactly.
0: Um,
1: you know, and, and his warranty, hands down, you know, he he'll tell you you know if you push it out in front of the train tracks and the train hits it he'll warranty <laughs> your suspension so you know um, you know he, he does good with that but yeah. um i've got rcv axles in it um does he offer that warranty on all of his suspension products uh I, I to my knowledge yes wow um everything on it is is warranty now wear and tear items you right. know joints things like that i don't sure. think he does but um i have rcv axles mm-hmm. um the uh, front diff uh, was uh, uh, the uh, DC mm-hmm. uh, Motorsports yep. um, billet uh, front diff. Um, always stood up to whatever I wanted to do to it.
0: Is it welded? It's, it's actually, it is welded. Okay. Um, now, for, for those who don't know, what are the pros and cons of welding your front diff together?
1: Well, uh, I
0: was fixing to get to that.
1: Okay. but yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, I, I started with, with Dave Carter. Um Several years ago uh, when he first started with a stage one, and you know, I've tested several of of his different stages and Mm -hmm. always done great, Um, always. Um, It was a Friday afternoon, um, and I had some problems. Um, uh, I think I had a bearing or something go down in the diff Mm -hmm. that... That, you know tore up something and I, I was riding on Saturday obviously there's no way Dave could get me what I needed mm-hmm. um, at that point I had to weld it so yeah. okay gotcha. I had to weld everything together gotcha. uh, which was one of the hardest decisions I've ever made because I wanted to keep my steering yeah and, uh, so what so happens to the steering when you weld it well you 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 give it the you take away the ability for one tire to turn, you know, individually, mm-hmm. so you're you're binding, you put the tires in a binding situation every time you turn the wheels mm-hmm. because, you know, the if you draw two circles, one outside the other, one's going to be smaller, one's going to be larger, yep. so, you know, that's just physics, yep. and one tire has to travel a shorter distance than the other, so you put it in a binding situation, mm-hmm. and it
0: makes it hard to turn, it makes it difficult to steer um really, i actually do you really feel it fighting you on a hill i mean does it does it kick back on you or is it just one of those things it just wants to go straight it wants to go straight um and and on a hill
1: i really don't feel it because like on a hill you're wide open throttle yeah. you know your your tires are spinning it really doesn't matter mm-hmm. my eyes are closed all the time <laughs> <so> <laughs> i don't know where i'm driving anyway I love that so, so much but um it, it, it's trail riding where yeah. where you really feel the feel the difference in it so I Went over. I'm um, DC, uh, Dave Carter, DC Motorsports, has been working on the RS1 diff. Mm-hmm. You know, the parts that's inside, I don't think he's released anything quite yet, but mm-hmm. um, I swapped over to an RS1 front diff to get my steering back, yeah. Um, and and it's it, it's nice. Um, we've moved over to a super ATV, um, you know steering setup I've yep. got a shock therapy steering rack okay when you say super so,
0: ATV steering setup is that the power steering it is for? the power steering it's called the easy steer is it a big difference because I personally I went to 32s from stock tires and wheels and it, I mean you can definitely feel the feedback in the in the wheel a lot more well uh, it's sitting over here in a box I, I don't know like I'll, <laughs> I'll have to get back to
1: you. You, you you'll have yeah. to you'll have to edit that in on, a, on another podcast yeah, or somebody yeah. else yeah, we can I, do it. I can give you that feedback on it but yeah it's over here in a box I haven't had time to put it on yet so yeah um but uh, the shock therapy rack helped um you know it, it done it done better but it, i pretty much just replaced as i broke it i tried to see what's bulletproof to me yeah. and and put that back and you know i'm pretty much down to a transmission now yeah god i hope i don't break a transmission um yeah. but it, it that's pretty much my next weakest link so yeah okay well cool um what wheels and tires do you like to run or what tires specifically well depends um tires are all a, all a part of opinion i, mm-hmm. I swear it is it's you, you get people raving over this one or that one i've heard the carnivores and yeah I, i'm really a believer in Rockzillas. um yeah. especially on dry um dry ground or tacky um with rocks mm-hmm. um i was i had the carnivores um I have no complaints about them either. They they done a great job. Um I, I, I seem to cut them down a lot more not because of the tire just because of of my driving style, I think. Talking um, about getting like cuts in the sidewalls uh-huh, stuff like that. Uh-huh. Uh you know, I was pinching the tire against the wheel and yeah. and that's usually a number one reason anybody has a flat is, you know, low tire pressure pinching the tire against sure. the wheel. Um, it's not that a rock poked a hole in it or anything else. It's You hit a rock too hard with too low air pressure. You yeah. know, it, it happens. So um, I think a lot of what falls back on these tires as, you know, this tire sucks because you're poking holes in the sidewall mm-hmm. is is – It may depend on where you was riding that. Yeah,
0: I agree. Or were you paying attention when you went up to that rock ledge, and did you see the big tire, the big rock sticking out to the side? Yeah. Because there's, you know, a lot of times I hear stuff. People like, oh, I I hit so and so, and you know, all four tires blew out. Well, you know, if you run any tire into the side of a sharp rock, it's probably not going to do very good. (laughs) You know? Well, if if you take a driver or you
1: know one of the racers, you know, you know, I've done it many times. Walk up there with guys, and you know, you stare at this hill, and you're like. Well, if I do this, this is gonna happen. If I do this, this is gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And you can pretty much tell by the way the ledge looks or the rock looks. You know, if you hit it this hard, you're gonna cut down a tire. Yeah. You know, and and does it happen on stuff that you don't really see? Yes, but I can pretty much look at something that I'm gonna do and, and pretty much tell you what part of my machine is fixing to take the yeah. the most abuse. Yeah, that's amazing. So um i mean if you look at hill and know that you've got to land wide open throttle after you after you cross this ledge you know the drivetrain is fixing to take some abuse um so it it, it's all it's all in what you see and and how you do it but tires man i've had them do great one day and go back and climb the very same obstacle the next day and not move um so it's I don't know rhyme or reason or the way yeah. the earth turns. I yeah. don't know, but it, yeah. it seems like any time you 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 climb something, the next time you climb it, it's totally yeah. different. You know, and um, you can you can blame it on the tires, yeah. or you can give credit to the tires. you yeah. know? I agree. I, I think they get I think they get that audience both ways. Yeah, and,
0: so. and that's one thing I always like to ask about tires because it it is just one of those things people have very strong opinions about their tires. So, uh, and it's always a big question that people have. So because uh, it is the thing that touches the ground, so you want you want them to connect um after that so you've got we talked about your drivetrain your tires um is there anything else on that we talked about your suspension with ORB. um is there anything else on that turbo that that stands out or makes it easier for you to climb those hills uh, no I, I don't know uh that that orange
1: uh turbo it it does very well and mm-hmm. and I've had friends of mine drive it and They'll have a turbo sitting there with pretty much exactly the same thing, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Well, why does yours do so much better than mine?" Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the luck of the draw. Maybe it's it's ragged out enough that <laughs> everything <laughs> is used to getting beat to death. Yeah, yeah. I, I really can't can tell yeah. you, but it, it it goes in times where I even myself don't think it's going to go. Okay, um, but there's no ma- magic to it. There's yeah. no. There's no key. There's no special tires. There are no special axles. There are no special anything. It's yeah. One day you might climb something, and the next day you might beat it to death
0: and never get up it. Yep, I agree. So I agree. So moving on to your Turbo S. Um, first off, what, you know, again, you've had the 1000, you've had the Turbo, you've had an 800, you've had a buggy. Where do you place the Turbo S in line of, of just an overall good machine? Where does it fall in that line? Well, to be honest, I've not got enough seat time in the Turbo S
1: mm-hmm. to, to really, you know, make a judgment call. What right. I have rode it, it's very smooth. Um, you know, it, it it's daylight and dark difference um, riding rough terrain. Yeah. Um, it's very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched a lot of my friends, you know, they've got some Turbo S's and they've been doing some climbing. And, you know, they, they seem to be very, very capable. Yeah. Um, they come uh, factory with a with a pretty hardcore suspension. Yeah, they do. You know, pretty hardcore front diff. You know, it's the same front diff that's in my orange one that comes factory. So, I mean, there's a there's a lot of aspects that you get the complete package mm-hmm. right off the bat.
0: Now, would you recommend? You know, okay, I'm 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 looking at buying my first Razor. Um, I have a Turbo, and then I have the Turbo S. The Turbo S, obviously, um, is a little bit more uh, pricey. Um, and they've also made the Turbo S Velocity, which is a, a the middle ground step there. Um, mm-hmm. Which one, if I'm just a regular guy and I want to go trail ride, which one are you going to tell me to go buy?
1: Well, you know, it's going to depend on a lot of things there. You know, one, most importantly, is budget. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you fill out somebody over what their budget, what they want to spend. You don't want to push anybody over sure. their capabilities by talking them into something that, sure. you know, they can't do. Um if the budget's there, hands down, I would buy a Turbo S for trail
0: riding. Okay, now uh, I want to go, you know, I want to go ride a little bit harder trails, uh, do a little bit more serious stuff. Still going to be the Turbo S. Well,
1: that that in turn goes back to budget. You know, okay. if you want to do a little harder and a little more treacherous stuff, you know, you're taking the the chance of of hurting parts and hurting plastic and. You know, there's cameras on the fronts and backs of these S's, there and is. you know, there's just there's there's more parts to start tearing up and 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 you know doing things that that destroy you know and cost you a lot of money. Sure. Um, for me myself, I think the suspension is great. I, I really do. I think it's awesome. But in in what we do as far as climbing hills, I don't see the benefit. Sure. Um, because I have the ability to adjust my shocks for what I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they adjust on, you know, what you are doing. But mm-hmm. for the money, um, I, I couldn't justify buying an S just to destroy it. Sure, sure. So um, when I can get in something cheaper, it's got the same abilities, mm-hmm. you know, and, and do some upgrades uh, to get it to where it will, will hold up. And yeah. you're not biting a, you know, Twenty four, twenty five, twenty six thousand dollar machine that yeah. you know you're destroying. Yeah. So, what can you get a turbo for nowadays? uh... Just a regular turbo. Yeah, just a regular turbo. Man, I don't know. That market of a razor is so it's extreme. It's moving Man, like crazy. Right it, now. it is. It is insane. You know, um... it it's almost to a point where you can just go buy a brand new machine for the same for price. the same price that you can buy somebody's used headache. Crazy. You know, crazy so, world. And and that's the biggest thing with with razors is you you don't know you never know how they've been abused you know that's I've true. I've seen some some dolls you know roll out that were used units and people got good deals and then mm-hmm. I've seen worse some people pay you know good money for a a used unit and have one that's been destroyed and neglected mm. um, it's really easy for one of these machines to to go downhill fast yeah if somebody don't take care of them yeah I
0: agree. Um, Anything else on the Turbo S you want to say? Okay, cool. Um, let's talk about the RS1 because I, personally, I feel like a lot of people aren't as excited as I am about it. Um, now, I do go ride by myself. Probably, I mean, probably more than anybody else. Probably more than everybody else typically does. Um, I like riding by myself. It, other than losing the seat, you know, what what's different about the RS1 um, that that makes it so much better for? what you know it seems like everybody's using them for the endurance races their survival why 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 would they do that
1: well i, I don't really know i think that goes back to an opinion also mm-hmm. um you know it's all an opinion um i like the RS1 just because it's it's agile mm-hmm. um, it, it's I, I don't know how to explain it but you know you can take a turbo and sit right beside it and drag race and the little RS1 for the first 25 20 25 yards it's gonna give a turbo all it once. because an rs1 has a stock 1000 motor in it Correct, okay. correct, and it's not turbocharged, but it, it will move and and man When I went to the pro rock survival um, I'd been working on the RS1, mm-hmm. you know up until that time. So I had zero seat time yeah. um, in the RS1 so when I went out there to practice on the track that was the first first time I'd ever sit down in it and Man, you talk about something that's on rails. Yeah. Um, you you pull, it, throw it into a corner and, <clears throat> you know, I'm throwing it into the corner like I would a turbo, and man, it, it's like, it's laughing at me because, you know, it's, and by the time it was said and done, I cracked the throttle to enter the corner, and the rest of the time it was flat on the floor. Woo, boy. So, um, you know, we went through the whoops up there in that, in that track and you know, I would pull up to the whoops on a wide open throttle um, back out of the throttle and let the suspension you know settle, and then when I hit the face of the whoops, just flat footed again, and the little RS one just right across the top of them like they wasn't even there, Wow um. You know, it, it took that big jump at, at, up there. Yeah, I, I don't know how many feet that was, but I, there's a picture of you. You're pretty high in the air, and you're,
0: you're not close to the, the front of the jump.
1: Yeah, it was a it, it was a pretty big jump. Um, I, I was actually hitting that jump wide open throttle um, from a, a good run in, so yeah. I don't I don't even know how fast we was actually hitting it, but. Um, when the razor would leave the face of the jump, you could feel the vibration in the suspension when it would droop out. Mm-hmm. Um, you could feel the vibration in it where it was it spinning up pretty fast, and you know at that point I had stock you know uh, suspension on it, mm-hmm. so it, it was a little nerving, you know, landing yeah. on the other side, <laughs> hoping something didn't give away. So. Yeah, yeah, um, but. You know the little RS one. It's it's very very agile. Um, I got a little seat time in it in Woodbury. Yep. You know you was up there with us. Yeah. You know climb uh, climb some pretty good hills and and it's pretty amazing how it does dig. Um. You know it it, it digs in and, and goes. You should have said something about it. I would have put you in it and let you drive.
0: I'll I bother you next time. I knew I, I knew you were trying to get out there and get some seat time in it and get some hills. And and one thing I noticed about it is. You know, when you watch a turbo or a two-seater go up it, it up any kind of hill, it seems um, I'm going to use the term planted. It seems just a little bit more planted on it, whereas in the RS1, it was almost like you were riding in uh, like an old Cadillac, where you're like a little more bouncy, a little more fluid. Um, it seems like the suspension works. A l- the suspension's a little bit more active, I guess is the right way to say that. Um, does it feel that way when you're in there? No,
1: I wouldn't say that it feels a little more active. I, I think you see the suspension a little bit more just because you don't have the the wider body on sure. it. So it kind of puts everything out there, and you actually see the tires, you know, a little bit more moving up and down. Sure. Um, the only thing I really noticed is where you've got the seat scooted back and the back tires, you know, are more up under you. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a feel in it for the front and the rear of the vehicle that's unique um you you could feel everything that it was doing and you know when i climbed that big hill that we were you know up there on Mm -hmm. you know i got back to the bottom and everybody's like well you rode a wheelie all the way up it yeah but but literally in the seat of it 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 didn't feel that way it didn't feel at at no point did it feel unstable at no point did it you know feel like i was you know on the verge of flipping over backwards or, or anything it was it was very well controlled, um, and and it very possibly could have,
0: with two more horsepower, flipped me back down that hill. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> so so that's what I wanted to ask too. Is is, is the power to weight ratio and the distribution? It, it seems like they've just nailed it because watching you go up those hills, it looks like your front end is just light enough where it kind of skirts over the top of it in the front. The back has enough suspension where it'll soak it up, um, but again you're, you know you don't have too much pushback that you're, you' you didn't you're not actually riding a wheelie. you can tell that the front 's unloaded, but it's just enough where it looks smooth um, but you weren't really in the throttle that much it, it felt like it sounded like you were kind of just coasting up it you know you're keeping a good momentum, good speed, but you know i've heard I've heard buggies go up that and got to be in it they got to stay in it well, the thing of it is with a turbo.
1: Um... You've got to stay in it. You've got to get into the boost in order to make power. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's kind of a a thing where you have to to do a little more throttle. Um, with that RS one, um, you know, it's just your standard one thousand. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's got torque. Yeah. So at the crack of the throttle, you have the torque mm-hmm. to 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 help you get moving. So I, when I got back in my turbo. Um, that later that day and climbed some more hills, yeah. my turbo felt very lazy. Mm. Um. You know, and, and it, it just, once you got the throttle cracked and got it moving, yeah. you know, obviously it made a lot of power, but it felt real lazy just driving around, almost sure. to a point where I was like, you know, what's wrong with this? Yeah, and, yeah, no, I completely understand. And there, there's not anything wrong with it. It was just, I was used to the torque being there,
0: yeah. you know, at, at initial throttle where, you know the the turbos don't have that. Yeah, well, I think that that's that's the um, that's the best comparison between the two that I've heard so far. So I, I like I really like that. I really appreciate it because um, I think that that's a really um, I've had a turbo. I've had a one thousand. I've had a one thousand buggy. I've had a huge spectrum of weights and you know clutching all that fun stuff. And I think that that's the perfect way to put it. Is is that turbo? You've just got to get in it just a little bit to get everything moving the way it needs to. And um, I, the first time I got into a 1000 motor it really will it'll pop up on you real quick And uh, like I said, I think you nailed that and said that perfectly um, So all that being said, which one's your favorite to drive? Well, it just depends okay. it depends on world, what we're
1: doing, you know, I, I've got They all three have their their strengths, you mm-hmm. know um, if I want to just bounce through the woods and and you know go real fast, you know, the RS1 hands-down mm-hmm. um you know, if I'm going to do some type of hill climbing or, you know, get into some treacherous situations, mm-hmm. you know, obviously I go back to the, the, the turbo, uh, the regular turbo, mm-hmm. um, just because of, of how it's set up.
0: But So let me ask you this. Everything's set up the same. you got all the parts on the same thing. Which one are you going to go out there just to go have a good time in? Man, I don't... I, don't worry about taking somebody with you. It's just you and all of them. Which one are you going to take? man i
1: I don't know i would probably take my turbo just because it 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 can all around yeah um and in the s if if i didn't care to tear it up yeah you know obviously (laughs) hands down it it would be you know the one that you would take but i mean it's definitely a a situational um you know type of deal yeah um all three even when you ask me that no matter what yeah. you know it it's still i can't get it out of my head of situation sure. you know yeah. cuz the RS1 i'm not going to want to go hill killing in it it's just short yeah. um you now, know it, it's a foot
0: shorter in wheelbase does that foot make a big like is, is it a is it a noticeable difference where it makes you want to say something like i don't really want to go hill killing in that man i don't know to be honest
1: I <clears throat> getting some seat time in it the other yeah. day I don't get. I don't have enough seat time in sure. it to really make that judgment call. Okay. You know, I I was I made a judgment call on it with driving an S. Yeah. Um, which an S is very willy happy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, like a 900 S or a 1000 S, yep. not a turbo S. Mm-hmm. But they're they're very front end. You know, happy. They don't. They're hard to climb in. Yeah. Now I made that judgment call on that RS one prior to driving it. Which it proved me wrong. Yeah, it, it did not do bad, you know, climbing some hills. Now some of the straight up stuff and, you know, getting into some of the
0: the really really
1: bad hill climbs, all depends on if you're willing to flip off. Or I was better about climb saying, it. Well, your gut
0: sounds like it's, it's telling you, yeah. like your gut just says, you know what, that turbo, I know it, it feels better. Yeah. Uh, and I, I get that. It's one of those things that. Um, you know, if it were me, I'd probably be in the in the same situation because it's like uh, it's hitting a nail with three different hammers. So, it is. It is, for sure. It so, that's, I, I like that, and that's good. But um, that leads me to uh, Dirty Turtle. We've talked about it a little bit. You raced the first uh, survival race of the year, and you did the, the hill there. Um, we've talked a little bit about the hill just being a monster hill. Obviously, um, you made it to the top. <laughs> I love your – I just love your phrase of, you know, I had my eyes closed half the time because – uh, uh black dog photography I has some pictures of you in the air and it's just crazy because you can see, you know, hundreds of feet in the background, you can see the ground and the spectators, and you're ten feet in the air over a jump and you got both hands on the steering wheel and you're just looking forward. And I just I wonder, is that one of those moments where you ask yourself, How did I get here? <laughs> Actually the only time you really asked yourself
1: how you got here. Is when you actually leave the bottom. Once you're on the hill, yeah, it, it no longer matters. Yeah, um, you're there. <laughs> you're you're no longer thinking of where you're at. You're you're driving from your, your position. Yeah. Um, most any driver can tell you the the biggest fear or you know intimidation of it is prior to sitting in the driver's seat. Um, yeah. once you get set down in the seat and and get turned loose, all of that stuff goes out the window. Yeah. Um wherever it lands you drive from. Yeah. <laughs> if it's if it's sideways, you know, and you're fixing a flip, yeah. you know, you're looking for a tree. And it wouldn't matter if you was on Mount Everest or, yeah. you know, falling in the ditch off <laughs> of a main highway. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't matter. You're in in your mind you're still driving from a position. Yeah. So my my fear or intimidation is more before i even do anything i psych myself out yeah and
0: once you're doing it it's you're doing it it's you're doing it you've committed so okay all right and that's one big thing too i push on the podcast if you get yourself in a situation where you're climbing a hill hesitation halfway up the hill is what's going to cause you to have issues right then and there the second you pull off the throttle just a little bit you're screwed. Yeah, that's it. That's I've seen I've seen
1: fear hurt more people than ignorance. Yep. You know, i get people that call tell me, "Oh, you're stupid." You know, mm-hmm. why, why do you do this? You're crazy. Blah blah blah. And and I see more times than not, someone that hits something without a fear and driving to the top yep. will will do better than someone that gets scared and freezes up. Yep. So I understand. Never yeah. never push yourself beyond your ability. Or comfort level, mm-hmm. for that matter, just because somebody else is doing it. Yeah, I. Agree. You know, do do what you're comfortable with, and you're you're going to do better with what
0: you're comfortable with. Now, I'll tell you too. You mentioned you know people call you crazy all this and that. I use I I, I talk to my drivers. I call every single driver I interview crazy, uh, and I hope everyone knows it's a term of respect uh, for me. I I I'm just happy y'all are doing it because I love watching, and uh, I think that really there is. Crazy is the wrong word for it because you guys really are a special breed. Um, To be able to get down there and, 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 you know, outside of the fear, outside of all this and that, you guys are some of the best drivers in the world. Really, you are. I've never seen a sport or or found anything, you know, maybe other than that crazy motocross where they jump from like obstacle to obstacle in the air and they maneuver it around like gymnastics, where drivers move like you guys do on hills. So. All my drivers out there, if i called you crazy and hurt your feelings, <laughs> sorry, it's not what I meant. But uh, moving on to this race season, uh, what, what racing series, what leagues are you in this year? Well, I'm, I'm following Pro Rock this year. Um, I'm running their survival,
1: and I'm trying to do their heel killing in a full body, yep. which I don't, I don't think is going to work out very very well for me in (laughs) in a uh a standing position but i mean i'm gonna have fun doing it Mm -hmm. um you know joey and all those guys you know they trip they always put together an awesome you know you know set of heels um cannot say enough about the survival course they had set up up there dirty turtle it was it it was crazy it, it was amazing the time that it took to to drive through there and you know mark off all these trails, and you know do all the what it took in order to give us the ability to go out there and, and have fun. Something I want to say about that
0: survival race is there's plenty of footage out there, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram. it wasn't just you guys on the track. y'all were running through the woods and and there's one video I, I distinctly remember, and there's a hill climb, and it was really muddy that day, and there's a hill climb, and I think there's two or three razors that are just stuck in like the the actual trail itself and you see an RS1 go blazing off the trail in the woods just smash a tree and it just looks like chaos and it looks like in my opinion what I imagine King of Hammers if you if you made mud of King of Hammers that's what I pictured it as and it's a lot more exciting as a fan to watch but as a driver you know you guys are not just going out running a course like short course you guys are out there kinda doing the best of both worlds and I was surprised at the level, of, I'm going to call it aggression, but like the level of competition that was out there. There were guys out there hammering it down, trying to get it done. And uh, what what are your thoughts about going through the woods like that? And, and what are your thoughts about the competition level? Because it seems great and astronomical. Well, in, in our sport, the competition
1: level is amazing anyway. Yeah. Um, you can take from the first driver that signed up to the last driver that finished and that could change either way yep. at any race. Um, so the, the ability of drivers is, is pretty amazing. Um, as far as the survival goes, it, it was very, it, it was different. And I really, really enjoyed it. Um, you know, we started out on the track, made our way into the woods. I'm not sure how long the course was. Mm-hmm. Um, seemed like we drove for miles in the woods, You yeah. know, up and down hills and around yeah. corners. and you know they had it marked off very well. Um, I looked down at my speedometer on the RS1 one time, and you know you're coming down a trail that's got a ravine over to the side and a hill to your left, and you're not very far off from you know a couple of trees. And I looked down at the speedo, and it was like sixty something miles. An and it's muddy, and it's muddy. So <laughs> you're crazy, man. <laughs> you know, um, you know, I made the first lap through the woods, um, you know, doing pretty good. Yeah. Uh, come back out on the track, um, I was the the. I got the whole shot, so I was the first one through the course. Um, I come back onto the track, made my way through the track, and you know I had to get in my own head to to settle down. Um, I was driving white knuckled, you know it was rah, you know the adrenaline was yeah. going and pumped, and you know I was starting to get arm pump. My hands were starting <laughs> to cramp, and I had to get I had to get in my own head of you have to settle down. Yeah, you know you're going to have to relax and. I started into the second lap and uh, started kind of relaxing, gonna try to pick up the pace a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, ran into some misfortune on a hill. Um, we had another vehicle out there on a hill um, plugging up the spot that I was wanting to wanting to climb. Mm-hmm. I didn't kind of understand the rules uh, per se. Uh, I didn't know that I could go 25 feet outside the outside the tape yeah so I was going just 25 feet from the obstacle yeah um, that I was you know going to try and I tried another you know trail right beside it It had a pretty horrendous ledge in it rock ledge and it was more than the stock axles you know on the Mm -hmm. RS one wanted to hold Um, so it ended up breaking an axle Um, we ended up ending our day right there I tried to climb the hill beside it after the the vehicle got on up i tried to back up and shoot the hill with a broken axle yeah and it was very muddy like you said yeah. and there were some ruts and you know three-wheel drive kind of bumped me around in the ruts and ended up turning me sideways and yeah i ended up rolling off of that hill sideways um man. was a was an end of our day i cut the the bead completely out of a, a brand new tire had one ride on it so, Big Horn. yeah i had yeah. to
0: trash it so man that sucks that yeah. sucks but so- how do you feel, I mean, you know, okay, you have this time where it sounds like you were having a pretty good time. As you're out, you, you calm yourself down, you get it back together, you get stuck. And, and you know, now you would mentioned it was kind of a rule issue where you weren't exactly sure about where you could go and where you couldn't. Um, but but what are your thoughts when you walk off that course um, and your day ended there? You know, were, Man, you, were, it's, you, were, it's, you, were you mad? Were you happy? No. I mean, I, I had a great time. Um, yeah.
1: You know, I was in the woods, you know, it, it it's... A good day in the woods is is better than any day. Yeah, better or? any day. Yeah. You know, you know. A bad day in the woods is still better than going to work. Yep. So, um, but no, I mean, I was kind of frustrated. You know, frustrated with myself. Frustrated, you know that that I didn't, you know, do this or do that. And mm-hmm. most of my frustrations will come out in myself. You know, sure. because there there was nobody sitting behind that steering wheel back there but me. You know, I, I've got I've got nobody to blame but me. You yeah. know, so. Um, just circumstances are what they are, you know, and and like with pro rock, you know, you 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 got RPM Ministries, you know, he'll he'll say a prayer with you, you know, yeah. before you before you leave there, and you know, it, it's a hundred percent his will, and you Absolutely. know, no matter how good a driver I am or anybody else's is, you know, it, it's all a part of his plan, you Absolutely.
0: know, whether
1: I win, lose, climb the hill, flip to the bottom, it, whatever the situation may be, you know, it, it's still his plan yeah. of of what's going to go and. Yeah, the, you Lord know, is, the Lord
0: is good, man. Yeah, it's always yeah. for the good.
1: For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, it, it is. God is good for sure. But I, I, I said a funny little prayer, you know, talking about that hill climb. Yeah. You know, RPM Ministries, uh, you know, said a prayer with us at that hill. And, you know, Joey and myself, um, several of the drivers there, you know, I got pretty unanimous, I wouldn't do this in a full body. Yeah. Um, And uh, I pulled up there to do it in a full body. And, you know, we'd done the prayer with RPM Ministries. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I said a little prayer after that myself. And I said, I I know it's your will, but I'm going to send it. (laughs) (laughs) So it it was his will for me to go to the top. I I didn't go fast, but, you know. I'm sure the Lord laughed a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we, we had a good time He. I'm sure my my guardian angel was drinking and probably drunk. But, um, you know, oh, it, it was his will for me to go to the top there, and you know, I made it, and I was stoked, and that pretty well made my weekend. You know, just yeah. just climbing something that, in my own mind, I, I didn't think was possible. Yeah, I, so, I agree. I agree. Um, that's that's the biggest reward to our sport is doing something that you're not sure you can do. Yeah, and it's that. There's there's no better feeling than accomplishment. Yeah. Um, you know, and when you accomplish or you know you you conquer this hill or this rock or this course or you know it, it's it, there's no better feeling than that. There, the energy
0: level that comes from that is is amazing. Yeah, I can attest to that too. So I didn't grow up uh, riding anything anything off road. My first experience ever was when I was sixteen. I got a jeep, and it started there and. You know, as it progressed, you know it was. I go back and look at the things that I used to be excited that I climbed, and I'm like, 100%. Man, <laughs> like that's the that's the you know, gra- gravel trail at Adventure Off Park. And, yeah. You know, I used to think I was I was white knuckle on the steering wheel doing yeah. that, and yeah. uh, you know, I look. I, I'm sure I'll look back at some of the things I've done and some of the things I'm going to do in the future, and be like, either man, I would have never thought I'd be able to do it, or wow, I can't believe I freaked out about doing that. Yeah, there's
1: there's a hundred percent when I go ride. Things that used to be a, a hoorah yeah. are now something that I'm, you know, on my elbow on the door bored to death. Yeah. So I'm I'm a terrible trail rider. <laughs> I, I, I hate trail riding. Yeah. It, it it bores me to death. And used to I love to trail ride. Yeah. Um, now do you think it's because you you ride so often that that has happened? Man, I, I really don't know. It's like trail riding is so repetitive and you know it jars you side to side and crap out of you you know and it's like it it's more abuse on me Mm -hmm. than than it is enjoyment Mm -hmm. um like i went to adventure off road you know here the last weekend or so and i had to just stop you know everybody's riding trails having a great time and you know i'm my neck's
0: getting i've about got a crick in my neck my back hurts i'm like I to, can't do to, this. To anymore. defend you though, Adventure is is a handbasket. it would beat the crap out of you. It is every rough but every day. I've rode Adventure Yeah
1: you know, many, many times and yeah. and loved every minute yeah of what I was doing. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't know if it's a, a mind state or after you get that adrenaline rush of yeah. you know, racing and climbing and yeah, you know, the the extremes of it, that adrenaline rush that you know things that were simple that you really enjoy doing. Yeah, they just don't do it the same. They don't. I they don't. That. They don't give you that fix. You I get know, that. and I get that. You know, I, I'm not somebody that drinks very often at all. Um, I, I'll say I don't. But yeah. you know, it's it's very few and far between. But uh, I've never done done the drugs and stuff. But I have always got my fix from speed or climbing or. You know, that's that's my
0: adrenaline rush, you know. and That's something I talk to people about all the time is, you know, uh, the guys that do climb these hills, you know, they're they're doing it for a reason because they're hooked. And percent the, the time that you climb your first hill and you're like, oh, gosh, I can't believe I climbed it, you know, it really does set you up for that next time because that next hill you see kind of gets your hands shaking a little bit, and then when you do it again, it's like. And it has a, to be bigger. Exactly. Everyone has to be bigger exactly. and bigger and bigger.
1: You know, I mean it's an addiction. Yeah. Uh, it, it really so. is. You know, um it it's something that you, you push your your instincts, you know, and and feeling the, the adrenaline rush of climbing something. And once you've climbed it On to the next. On to the next because the next. you know, it, it don't have that same same feel. Yeah, you know, it it don't have that same same hoorah. You yeah. know, the very first time you climb something is always the best.
0: Yeah, you know, it is. always so. it is so you're doing pro rock this year You've actually got a race coming up next weekend um, Which I think by the time this comes out it'll, it'll have passed uh, But are you going to race any southern rock racing series or any outlaw? Uh, I don't know what what type
1: of of racing we'll end up at, you know I mean if it's a weekend that's convenient mm-hmm. and I can get there great um, southern rock um, we had planned to go to texas mm-hmm. um that's far away we had everything ready to go um i was loaded up um i got in the trailer with uh, with the razor and walked back out looked back in the trailer and it was sitting sideways um so i pulled it back out of the yeah out of the tra- uh, trailer and put it back in the shop and mm-hmm. got to looking and i had a rear frame rail on the the s was was significantly bent wow. um to a point that i think it was going to start affecting maybe breaking transmissions and, yeah. and things like that so um and that was the night before we was getting ready to leave so yeah had i made it to texas i would have probably followed the entire series mm-hmm. um once i didn't make it to one race it's hard to it's hard to even
0: catch up yeah, yeah. It,
1: it's difficult because with the drivers we got out there you know it it's I'm not going to finish, yeah. you know, every race and win money or whatever. And, you know, and um, my only chance was being consistent and, you know, sure. keeping stuff together. And, sure. you know, a lot of these guys out here, you know, hands down are, are way better drivers than me. Um, but it, it's, it's amazing to see them follow that series and the effort that they put in and the, the work. You know, a lot of people don't understand the work and the, yeah. the countless hours of of missing, you know, out on relaxing or you know,
0: yeah. going to dinners, yes. you know, I
1: mean that's I I I can't tell you how many times I I don't go to dinner. I get something in the shop and I eat in the shop as I'm going just yeah. to to be able to do what
0: we do. So who who is your uh, other than other than yourself, you're not not in this? Who's your favorite UTV driver? Well, or so you know, I won't say favorite. Who who's a UTV driver that you really like? Really does a good job. I mean I like everybody. I yeah. you
1: know, um you know, I've I've rode with Timmy since, you know, Timmy was in a four wheeler. I yeah. mean I've rode with him before while he was building Fat Girl, you know, Don't it you was mean? we've rode together for many, many years. Um, you know, Timmy's definitely a driver, one hundred percent. So crazy of a driver. Well, Timmy Timmy does things on his feet that you know, it, it's it's just Timmy. You yeah. know, I mean I've seen him come off Tub Rock, uh at a ride yeah. and jump from one side to the other, off rocks to the bottom, and I'd have broke my neck, leg, and everything <laughs> else. So, I mean, his his ability to know where he's at yeah. and, and and do things is is something he's blessed with. It's yeah. not just a, it's not just something that he does. And he puts in the seat time. He, he puts in the work, one hundred percent. You can't take that away from him. Um, he puts in the work. He puts in the time into this sport and he's definitely hard to beat in every every aspect of it just because of the amount of time he puts in it. Yeah. Um you know there's a lot of other drivers I've not met Paul Wolf. Mm-hmm. Um you know I've, I've been around them not mm-hmm. you know in passing, you know you don't want to get in you know anybody's way while they're trying to race yeah, and stuff. Absolutely. You know, I have dealt with a lot of those guys, you know, um we actually travel Most of the time, when we go to races and whatnot, you know, we travel with Brian Hamby. Yeah. Um, You know, Brian Hamby is his ability to see a hill and drive is is pretty awesome. He done real well last year in the Mm -hmm. points and, you know, whatnot. Um, But there's, man, all of the drivers out there, you know, are more than willing to help. I've had several. Help me out, you know, over over different races and loan me arm restraints or you know whatnot. i yeah, you know, my first race at ALP, I didn't even have a Hans. Yeah, you know, one of the drivers was, you know, let me borrow a Hans. Yeah, so, you know, there's 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 a lot of them out there that are really really can drive.
0: Um, you know, you watch them every weekend do do the impossible. Every, um, and, and the crazy thing is, you've got you've got a group of guys who are. You know, we'll call them the one percent, and every single one of them will make it up or you know, most of them will make it up this crazy hill that looks impossible, but you get this group of elites that just can make it look easy. It's crazy.
1: Well, when you you sit down there at the bottom, you know, you got two different type of people. You got the person that wants to make it to the top, and then the person that wants to make it to the top fast. Right you know and and some some other drivers you know including myself on a lot of hills just like up there at at dirty turtle yeah you know my objective was just completion yeah you know i was just trying to complete the hill Mm -hmm. i wasn't trying to be fast wasn't trying to you know outrun anybody i was just trying to complete the obstacle yeah and and you got some that want to complete the the obstacle and then you got some that want to win the race yeah so you know there's there's two different avenues you can do to race and you can win the race or you can win the points sure you know and and there's several way to put that there's several different strategies to doing so and you know sometimes the one that blasts to win the race you know rolls over or breaks Mm -hmm. parts or you know whatever and that that little mr consistent back there yep you know he he keeps his parts together and and keeps moving yeah well
0: that's good um so let's see, we, we talked about the race season, um, one huge thing I do want to talk to you about to kind of kind of wrap us all together here is um, shake and bake powder coating, sandblasting, um, that is your personal business that you own. So powder coating is one of those things for, for the guys on Facebook, I, I see it all the time of you know when is the right time to powder coat, what's the benefit of powder coating, um, let's just start there and we'll kind of trail our way down. Um, what's the benefit of powder coat versus a spray paint or regular paint? Well, powder coat is
1: going to be a lot more durable done in the right way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if powder coat is not done in the right way, it's not even as strong as spray paint. Okay. I mean, spray paint will stay on better. <laughs> but yeah. you know, I, I'm not sure there's any more benefits one to the other. It's mm-hmm. about like the guy that has a bed on the razor or doesn't. Yep. You know, it's okay. it's it's all in what you want. Yeah. Um. It's it's all an opinion based. Um. How much you know money you want to spend. You know what not so. Um I I do powder coating and I got into powder coating because I couldn't find anybody to do the quality of work that I wanted done mm-hmm. um in a time frame or a timely manner uh that I needed it done mm-hmm. and uh I I got into it as I was going to buy something small and do a couple of little pieces at the time we was playing with drift trucks yeah Um, you know, I was doing the drift track deal and I wanted to powder coat them because they don't get banged up or skin up. So, Mm -hmm. um, I went looking for an oven after a bad experience with a a local powder coater. I went looking for an oven to try to figure out, you know, what I needed to do myself. Mm -hmm. And, um, pretty much everything I do from the cage buildings to the powder coating has come from one, not having the money to, to pay someone to sure. do what I needed to do, so I had to do it myself. Yeah, um, learning and 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 growing and growing and growing, and the powder coating turned into doing it for myself to doing it for other people. The, you know, the the cages turned in from doing it for myself to doing it for other people, and you know, everything grows. And you know, just like I mean, you plant a plant, it grows. Right. You know, it it, it takes to its surroundings and, and grows and if you plant a tree it'll grow around another limb, you mm-hmm. know, so it's it, it's all it's all come together. You know, I've been blessed with a lot of support from, you know, a lot of people, um that, you know, are quick to put my name out there to, sure. yeah. to do this or do that. But um I try to do the best job I can. I've I've done a lot of trial and error, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh on the powder coating. Um of what works and what holds up the best and and how you know to prep it Mm -hmm. um to to get the best result in result in the longest you know lifespan yeah you know in the powder coating yeah
0: so. so so uh it's been explained to me in the past that the the benefit of powder coating is that say for example you had your cage and you were to smash a tree and and the, the actual tubing would bend in that the powder coat will kind of bend with it rather than crack and flake is that is that how that works or is that mm. inaccurate well that's
1: that's going to depend it's going to go back to how your powder coat was <laughs> <Yeah>. was <laughs> done to start with sure. So, um, yes it will um, I've actually got a video that's out on the on the internet of me actually putting a piece that I powder coated in a vice and beating it with a sledgehammer, and he beat the crap out of it. I've seen it, um, and, and that's it. It is durable. Mm-hmm. Um, it does hold up. You know, if your powder coat rubs off on a tree, it was not done correctly. Yep. Um, you know, is it going to come off on a rock? Yes. I mean, rocks and stuff like that have the ability to actually remove the metal. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's the metal's stronger than the rock or the metal's stronger than the rock, the rock's stronger than the powder coat. Yep. So when the powder coat struck it's stuck in the middle. Gotcha. So um but what, what you what you get is is it, it holds up to a lot of what you do mm-hmm. better than what a spray paint or something like that. The the durability of powder coat for a longer period of time to wash it, to do things with it holds up you know a lot better. Yeah, a
0: lot less there's ergo less maintenance. 100%, 100% less maintenance. It's it's easier to deal with. You end up with a, you know, I have seen your powder coat and I've seen powder coating just in general, uh, it always looks better, always. Uh, the some of the benefits are the additives that you can actually put into powder coat. You're, you don't just get a color, um, you get sparkle, you get some flakes, you can get veins in it. Um, especially some of the some of the things I've seen you post on your Instagram, um You can just get some really unique, you know, kind of like B-level designs outside the color. Uh, You can get some really good looking stuff. um, You can. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. So one thing I wanted to bring up is is now we've talked about what is powder coating. What separates you from anyone else? And and, and not to bring anyone else up or anything like that, but what do you do that makes your powder coat, in your mind, the best?
1: Well, I,
0: I don't know that I would even judge it as the best. I
1: mean... Every guy out there is doing what they think is is the best. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I sit down and and I look at, you know, what I have to do to feel good about a product that I release. Um, you know, how I need to go about prepping and um, the stages in which I get it ready before you ever, you know, put powder on it. Yeah. Um, you know, the attention to cure temperatures of of where something is actually completed mm-hmm. in its cure process um, because obviously with powder you're, you're talking about you know melting it to a, a part you know with anything else you know if you're cooking a steak you know obviously if you throw it in the in the oven or throw it on the grill the initial heat is going to make the outside mm-hmm. you know start to darken same thing with powder you know if, if you throw it in the to the heat, the outside is going to start to melt, yeah. uh, which is going to give you that pretty look. You mm-hmm. could roll it out right there, and it'll look gorgeous. But it's not cured. It's yeah. not. It's not from the inside out. Um, you actually have to get your part and bake it just like you would, you know, baking a potato or, yeah. or anything else. You know, um, you've got to make sure that it's it's in there and it goes through its complete cure process.
0: So it really is a matter of, of prep and time. It is. And that's, I think, you know, that's kind of the, the uh, cliche of just everything. You know, the more time you spend on something, uh, time kind of equals quality. Those go hand in hand, and those are directly related to each other. Because um, I've seen, you know, I've seen your orange cage, for example. We've talked a lot about it. Um, it did get beat up. It did have scratches, like you said, from, from where rock is stronger than powder coat. But all in all, that cage looked great. That cage had great color. Uh, I thought it was excellent. And, and to see... Again, we're going to add nausea and beat it. You use that cage a lot, and uh, it held up, and the the paint looked good, or I'm sorry, the powder coat looked good, the color looked good. Everything was very sharp on it. Um, you know, being someone that's seen your products in in, in real life with my own eyes, uh, I agree. I think that it's great, and I think that you do great work, and um, I think it's just fantastic all the way around. And as someone who you know can look at your business and say okay well this is somewhere where I can get a cage built a badass cage built at that uh, a sturdy cage and then I can turn around and have them powder coated and you know this is a one-stop shop where I drop my razor off or I make an order and I get a finished product delivered back to me that right there is worth half the headache of having to take it multiple different places even that so that's another pro for uh, your business that you have going on top of that Um, is there is there anything else as far as what separates Shake and Bake from either the competition or just in general other other manufacturers?
1: I I don't know that I separate myself from anybody. You know, just just like any company out there. You know, we're we're all doing the best we can do. Sure. Um, you know it and i i learn things every day um you know uh every time i pick up a gun to powder coat every time i pick up the the torch to weld or you know start bending a sticker tubing you know i, I learn and and it's experience um you know if somebody th- says they know it all they they've, <laughs> they've they've finished right there because you know they're they're not taking the ability to learn because it literally everything we do um you you learn, yeah, and you learn more, and you get better. So, you know, am am I better than the next guy? No, you know, in, in different situation, different scenarios, I might do something a little better here or a little better there, and they might do something a little better on the other end. Sure. Um, so, you know, I mean, I don't I don't never say that that I'm the best. All I can do is is show you what my product does. Mm-hmm. And then you can form that opinion. You, yeah. You can, you can take it and beat on it and bang on it, and, yeah. and and come back and and you can tell me how how good the product is. So. And and I'm I'm positive
0: that there's plenty of people that would go to bat for that as well. So, um, especially go to bat for you. But uh, that's great. Uh, so I want to bring it back around. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? Anything we missed, Anything you want to highlight? Well, I, I wanna give a lot of thanks to Sloan's.
1: Um they've stepped in in the past year, not only for me, but for everybody in the off roading world. Yeah. Um, you know, they they sponsored me on this R S one um to be able to to enjoy what I love, going to survival and, and doing those things. But also they they gave this S not only for me, but they gave it for, for all of y'all. Um you know, not for somebody to trash it, but if anybody's interested in, in, in buying a, a razor or, or wanting to, you know, just drive around on R S one, you know, that's what this this R, or the the Turbo S, I'm sorry. Um that's what this Turbo S is for. And uh to be honest, I I've, I've not had a whole lot of seat time in it at all. It's been, you know, other people riding it and, and you know whether they wanted to buy a machine or not. Mm-hmm. But um Sloans, you know, is really stepping up in in our sport at at this time for the side-by-sides and you know, they're they're taking a lot of information and and they're doing everything they can possibly do to to get us the ability to buy um a substantial part or what's going to hold up and have it in stock and honor their warranty. Yeah. Um so they're honoring the warranty for ORB which, you know, Justin, like we talked about earlier, his warranty is, is pretty no no questions asked. Yeah. It's um, so, but actually, Sloan's is actually going to honor his warranty and swap you out a part. Or, you know, a, a super ATV axle, they're actually going to hand you an axle. Um, so what know, do they offer the for
0: super ATV axles?
1: Uh, it, it is a an exchange where usually you have to ship back a Super ATV axle mm-hmm. um, back and then wait a day or so for it to come back. Um, Sloan's is actually, if you buy the axle from Sloan's, mm-hmm. the Super ATV axle from Sloan's, you know, a 2.0, whatever it has for a warranty. Yeah. Um, that goes for L&W also. Um, you know, L&W is now on board with us. Um, and uh, an amazing uh company they are um they they are doing big things their warranty is the same thing as orb um a lot of parts that they're putting out is are, are amazing um so with them uh we can we can do exchanges on their warranties also um but with a with a 2.0 axle you buy it from sloans you walk back in you hand us a broken axle we will take care of the leg
0: work to get
1: and hand you a new
0: axle on that's, the spot. That's incredible. Uh, and for those listening, uh, that's Sloan's ATV and motorcycle in Murfreesboro, uh, Central, uh, Middle Tennessee. You know, if I was an hour, an hour or so away, maybe even more, that's worth me coming down here just to get my axle so I don't have to deal with it. Well, on a Friday afternoon when yeah. you're ready to go ride Saturday and there you've
1: walked out to the shop and you got a broken axle, it, there's nowhere around here, you know, other than some other companies that are doing the same thing, um, that you can go hand them a broken axle. They give you a new one, and they do all your warranty leg work.
0: That's crazy. That's absolutely so, crazy. Um, well, again, you know, I, I go to Sloan's. I, myself, um, I really uh, appreciate what they're trying to do and, and enhance the community, uh, especially in the Middle Tennessee area. Uh, <laughs> I think it's great. And I think that, Chris, you're doing a great job by uh, kind of being a spokesperson for them and, and shuttling traffic that way as well. The Sloan family has been around for a while in Murfreesboro, and uh, I think that it's great that we're, you know, I'm a big fan of local, so let's keep it local. And uh, I think that it's great that Sloan's is catching up with the times, and they are uh, doing what they need to do to make sure that, you know, their customers are taken care of the best way possible. For sure. Anything else? That's about it. Any other sponsors or anything like that? Anybody you want to give a shout out to?
1: Oh, uh, uh, Brian Hamby, extreme razor takes care of me. Um, you know, he's, he's done the best he could on, on giving me the best deals he can on parts. He takes care of a lot of my friends around here He and, does. Yeah. you know, he does a good job. An extremely good guy. Him and him and Jamie, if they're new tender spring kits, we're going to start carrying them at Sloan's. Okay. So, uh, you can pick up their tender spring kit, um, there and have it installed. Um, that's wow. something else that Sloan's is doing on service. Um, and this is fixing to be a bombshell, is they're, they're going to give you the ability to upgrade on your warranty. Um, wow. if, if you got an extended warranty and you come in with a broken rear axle, they're going to give you credit for what that warranty would have paid for that stock axle. Give you the
0: ability to pay the difference and upgrade Woo! to a better axle now that's a good deal right there now that's somebody good because i have a platinum warranty on my machine so that it makes me feel
1: real good and and they're going to do that in the transmission and the differentials wow you know whatever whatever they can help you with wow. to to upgrade um so you just just know that when you build a relationship with a dealership yeah um you have a relationship so um when when you want service done, a lot of times service is more important than the sale yeah um so you 've got to have somebody that 's got your back
0: yeah and and I think that uh, Chris and I talked a little bit earlier, um I think before we started recording um, about loyalty to uh you know manufacturers and, and those who have done right by you, and it sounds like sloan's is you know not only trying to carry the best parts so that they can stay up to date but um, the customer service of sloan's it sounds like it's coming, coming on board to be unparalleled. I've never heard of somewhere that does something like that, um, that's willing to make that kind of exchange. So again, I mean, I'm going to jump on board with Chris and, and say that, uh, you know, come down the Sloan's, look around and just take all of the, all of, all of what's being said into account because I can promise you're not going to find that kind of warranty, that kind of customer service, that kind of mindset anywhere else. Um, that's you know even if there was a and I'm not saying there is I don't know off the top of my head, but if there was a price difference between somewhere um, that can sell cheaper units because they sell more versus paying a little bit more on my unit and knowing that I'm going to have customer service that's handled like this far and away would take the take the solution with better customer service so that's great uh, I'm proud i'm I'm proud that I have Sloan so close I'm excited that I have Sloan so close and I'm excited to hear that they're taking those steps to be uh to be more active in the uh, in the aftermarket world and things like that. So, Chris, was there anything else you wanted to say? That's about it. Okay. Well, cool. Chris, uh, Shake and Bake Powder Coating. Where can they find you on Instagram, Facebook? Where are you at? Uh, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. What is that? Uh, you know your tag. Your sh- is it Shake and Bake Powder Coating? It's Shake and Bake Powder Coating. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, it's. I'm really excited to see you this year at the Pro Rock Series because obviously I'm excited to watch that full body make it to the top of every hill. Uh, or roll to the <laughs> bottom. Either I, way, i going to have a good time. <laughs> I'll let you make that call because uh, it's going to be up to you. Um, but especially in the Endurance Series and the Survival Series, I'm excited to see where you end up there and how that goes for you. Um, I do want to catch up with you towards the end of the season and see your thoughts because uh, the Survival Series is new. They're going to be changing things. They're going to be making new courses, more people are going to jump on board. Um, If you don't know already, Pro Rock is actually this year sponsored by Polaris Razor. Um, It's the first time in a long time that uh, Polaris has jumped on board with an organization out in the east. Um, So that's huge news. I think that the Survival Series is the future of east coast racing. I think that we'll start to see a blend between east coast and west coast guys starting to bridge that gap. Um, Nothing but exciting things, and, and I'm really lucky to have Chris here who is uh, kind of a face for all of the good things coming, all of the good changes coming, a catalyst in all of the good things that are happening right now in our community. Um, so, Chris, I want to say thank you again for your time. Uh, thanks for sitting down with us. Thanks for letting me come see your shop, come see your rigs. And uh, I can't wait to catch up by the end of the season. We appreciate it. Thank you, sir. All right, thank you. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did when I got a chance to talk to Chris. I hope you guys reach out to him on Facebook, Shake and Bake Powder Coating, Instagram, Shake and Bake Powder Coating. Um, He also does sandblasting as well. Um, Again, infiniteoffroad.com. Reach out to those guys. Got 10% off the entire website using code ROCKS. Uh, And also don't forget to enter in our our contest on Facebook. Um, Great opportunity to just win free gear. So thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh see you later everybody.